Hey, everybody. He's Batman. I'm Robin. She's Catwoman. Oh, no, wait. Hang on. Uh, I'm the Joker. He's the Penguin. She's Batgirl. That ain't it either. Uh, we are not Batman. We are Vikings Report with Drew and Ted, and we are back in studio. Drewster, how are you? Ted Glover, how you doing, Smitty? We're back in the studio for episode 28. And you know what that means? What's that? I'm better than you are. So why don't, we, <laughs> why don't you fix your little problem and let's light this candle. All right, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. Still haven't seen it. <laughs> you still haven't seen the movie? You're killing me. Doofus, how are you this fine evening? I'm doing good. Excited about the weekend. Can't wait to see the new guys. Oh, I know. It's going to be fun. This is the morning. What do we got going tonight, Ted? It's August 14th. It's, it's August 14th. When you're watching this, less than 12 hours? Like yeah. Maybe eight? I don't know. I, I'm not a public school math guy. Minnesota Vikings football will be back. It's preseason football. We are all excited about football. As soon as the first preseason game is over, what are we going to do? We're going to gripe that the preseason is too long. We want the regular season. But for now, we have Minnesota Vikings football coming up. And we're going to talk all about tonight's game with the Denver Broncos. But first, got a lot going on. Got a lot going on. It's a big show. We got we got Thank Batman you. and Robin. We got our player tribute. We got some pretty pertinent Vikings news. We're going to talk Wyatt Davis and the right guard battle. But first, Drewster, Batman, let's go. Holy cow, Batman. You know how many times Burt Ward said that in all the episodes they had? 6,402. 352 different references. Holy murder. Holy homicide. Holy felony. Holy interplanetary yardstick. Holy unrefillable prescriptions. Give me an episode shout-out. Only ran three seasons, Ted. 66 through 68. Can you believe that? Wait, let me give you a clue before you guess the episodes. Okay. This was a show that was on twice during the week. Remember? It was on back-to-back nights. Oh, on... I did not remember that, no. They had two episodes a week, which was nobody's ever done it before or since. Uh, so, 95. 120 episodes. Oh, wow. In and only have... three seasons? In only three seasons. That's 40 episodes a season. That's a lot Man. of... That's a lot of pill popping from your utility belt. You know, they're I mean? working harder than Ty Hookers. <laughs> Me so horny. You keep lying. Me love you a long time. <laughs> and we're off. <laughs> With that, we are back in the studio. We are. <laughs> Tell me about Batman. Two great live shows and we are back. It, like I said, it had two episodes during the week. So it allowed them to have like. The first night would be the cliffhanger, you know, the cliff, big cliffhanger. And then the second night, they would always resolve it. But 120 episodes. And I remember some of the great guest stars on that show. Some of the villains with Cesar Romero as the Joker, who's my favorite Joker. And uh, Burgess Meredith. Burgess Meredith is a penguin. Penguin. And what about the Frank, Frank Gorshin? <laughs> the Riddler? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the Batman movies, you know, first with Michael Keaton and all the different Batmans they had with Clooney and Val Kilmer and now um, Christian Bale. There, there's been a whole plethora of Batman movies and, and all that. And, and they're all pretty good. I, I, I like DC and I like Marvel movies, especially right. now with grandsons. But, man, I, I just think this Batman show, this over-the-top, campy 
show oh. just doesn't get nearly <laughs> the respect it should. I mean, because if you take it for what it's worth, man, it was a fantastic TV oh, show. Fantastic. And it was. It was kind of predictable and hokey. Oh, and I think oh, yeah. I think the only reason it only lasted three seasons is it kind of ran out of things. How much how much are you gonna talk about? But you figure 40 episode seasons per season, they had a lot of like fighting choreography and a lot of like stunt things. There's a lot of work put into that show. If you're thinking that many episodes and only three, I, I thought it ran for like 10 years, but yeah, I became a fan. I mean, I was only two years old when it came out. So I basically became a, a fan when it came back on and was running through all the, the channels. You remember when they were climbing up the rope, up the building? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And somebody would come out and say something. Short back climbs are harder than the longer one. It takes a while to unlimber your muscles, Robin, but it's all good training. That was always the effect they had. They had him running with a projector behind him. It was real old school. <laughs> Just and the, campy is a good word. And do you remember when they did? Like I, I think it was after. It was either after the TV series or before the TV series. They did the two-hour movie. Yeah, and they had. They had the bat cycle and the bat copter and the bat this and the bat that. And like as a little kid watching that movie, oh, that was cool. As an adult, after I became a helicopter <laughs> pilot, I watched the Batman movie again and it was a crap helicopter. But like as a little oh. kid, me, that was awesome. It was a bat copter. They, and, and it happened to be at the time on the studio. They had all the extra money to build those. Those were fully built props. Those bat cycle and all that stuff. They built oh, all yeah. that stuff. Who wanted that show tonight, Ted? That was a request by Mr. Dan Lee. Dan, thank you for uh, for the Batman show. Great. And then, you know, great. You mentioned the fight scenes and, and like the Joker and the Riddler's gang. It'd be all custom dressed in the same outfits. You have the kaplow and the blam and the kapowie. The kapow coming through in the cartoon letters. <laughs> and then Julie Newmar, the Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Come on now. Oh, yeah. It's just great characters all the way. Tidbit to go out the door with Batman. Burgess Meredith had quit smoking, and they wanted him to smoke. And so remember he had that long stick with a cigarette yeah. on it? Mm-hmm. He first, it was just a cigarette. They're going to have him smoke, but every time he smelled the smoke, he would throw out F-bombs and get angry and say F-words. And so they decided, we want you to smoke, so we're going to put it on the stick so you don't smell the smoke enough. And Instead of swearing, one of the people went, why don't you quack? He's going, what? He goes, well, you're the penguin, so quack like a duck. And so it's saying the F-bomb, quack. That's why he always quack, quack, quack. That was instead of saying F the smoke. <laughs> That's what he said. He said he came up with that. Instead of dropping F-bombs, because every time he swore, they had to stop it and rewind it. You know how that editing goes. Yeah. yeah. I, I've been known to drop an F-bomb time to time. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> so that's, that was, that's a cool piece of information. I did not know that. So, so they said, instead of seeing the F-bomb, just go quack, quack. And he always did that through the show. So every time you see him doing that, he's smelling the smoke and he's getting angry about it. Okay. Now that brings a complete new perspective on that whole deal. A tasty tidbit for everybody for Batman. Oh, it's a great show. We've got another contest going on. We've, we've carried it on through the two live shows. This week, we've got another over-under. Drew, why don't you tell us about over-under? What's going on with that this week? Over-under, we are, we are on question number six of the 10 questions that represent this contest. To play, all you have to do is either enter over or under on the question I will ask. And tonight, we are on question number six. And the only way you can enter is 
the comment section of this show. You can't enter on our Facebook page or on Twitter or any other device or whatever the word you want to use, Instaface, whatever. I'll read the question. You pick over or under. Those of you who have been playing are kind of in the scope now and don't need the rules read to them again, but there might be some new people playing. All right. And before I read the question, I told you a month and a half ago we were going to do the prize reveal, didn't I? Yeah, what is it? I'm going to let two tunes. What's our prize? One million dollars. <laughs> Just kidding. Unfortunately, folks, we don't have a million. One million dollars. <laughs> Dr. Evil. Uh, <laughs> they want to ask for just more than a million dollars. It really isn't that much money. Tell the people what they win, Ted. A $100 gift certificate to NFLshop.com. Right, right. We wanted to offer the NFL.com because there are some people that watch the show that aren't Viking fans. Alex Martinez is one of them. We have a few that, and they've entered the contest every week. So, all right. What's our over under for this week then? Over under for this week. <laughs> Kurt Cousins, who we started the contest off with question one. We had a Kurt Cousins total yards question. So we're going back to Kurt Cousins. And this week we have total touchdown passes for the 2021 regular season. And that number is set at 36 and a half. Ooh, 36 so, and a half. So you need to select in below in the comments below the show, right where it says comments. First. First, subscribe and like the show. That's the first thing you got to do. Then after you subscribe and like the show, I should have opened up with that. That would have been better. Um, right over or under, if you think Kirk Cousins is going to be over or under 36 and a half regular season touchdown passes. Okay, so I'm going to go under, I think. How many did he have last year? He had like 35 last year, didn't he? 35. You know, 35 last year. He had 30 in 2018. He had 30. Okay. And he had 26. And last year he had 35. So he's had 91 touchdowns since he's been here. I, I'm going to say the Vikings are going to be a more balanced offense this year and won't start out one and four and <laughs> behind like 30 points in the second quarter and have to throw. So I'm going to say his touchdown total is going to be lower than that. But I think the Vikings are going to be a better overall team because of it. That makes sense. Does, I think 36 and a half is a good, you know, Patrick that's Mahomes, a good, that's, that's right there, man. I, mm. Vegas, Vegas has Mahomes at 38 and a half. So they're Do pretty they close. Really? You know, they, you know, Kirk Cousins can put those stats up there, but we don't want to start that question. Do we? No, we don't. So <laughs> 36, 36 and a half uh, touchdown passes for Kirk Cousins, the 2021 regular season. Again, you have until Wednesday, 12 noon central time, put your, uh, put your answer, whether it's over or under, in the YouTube comment section below. We won't accept it anywhere else. And in case of a tie, our tiebreaker method is Drew is going to put everybody's name or the individuals who tied, whether it's two, three, seven, whatever, into our bag of cornucopia. You may have seen it during our live draft show when we gave away our prizes then. And he is going to draw a name out of that bag. And that is how we're gonna, we will determine our winner. All right, let's talk about a guy in our, in our player tribute this week, a guy who caught a fair amount of them for the Minnesota Ooh. Vikings over his career. Now, this is episode number 28, and a lot of you are probably thinking, well, they got to talk about Adrian Peterson. Well, Adrian Peterson is still technically an active player. We all know, and, and he's a great player, was a great running back for the Vikings. We want to shine a little spotlight on a guy 
that played a little bit farther back and, and wore number 28 very well. He's in the Vikings. He's one of the 50 greatest Vikings of all time. I believe he's in the Vikings ring of honor, but I'm yes, not he sure is. he is. He's yes. in the Vikings ring of honor. Who are we talking about, Drewster? Four-time pro bowler, Vikings ring of honor, 400 career catches for the Vikings and 34 touchdowns, Mr. Ahmad Rashad. Or as, as Bud Grant, I don't know if you remember seeing some interviews of Bud Grant used to call him Ahmad. When Ahmad got here, there was a marriage, of course, between the quarterbacks and the receivers. Ahmad Rashad, who used to be Bobby Moore. Yep. Rashad was a guy. Oh, and I, solid, I've, been, I've been looking for this quote forever, but I remember it was, it was a TV interview. And for those of you who know Ahmad Rashad, it's probably through uh, his broadcasting career, primarily for the NBA and, and doing NBA, a uh, weekly NBA show. Before he got into broadcasting, man, he was a heck of a football player. Heck and, of a football player. And I remember him in, when he was talking about being with the Buffalo Bills, because he was with the Bills before the Vikings and talking about the aura in the Mystica Met Stadium. He said, you know, we'd look at our schedule, we'd come out every year and we'd look at it, and the, the first thing we would do was we would look to see if we were going to Minnesota in December. Because <laughs> nobody wanted to play in Minnesota in December. Now, no. this is a cat that played for the Buffalo Bills, and right. they didn't want to go to Minnesota in December. That's how, how intimidating the Vikings were back in the days of Ahmad Rashad. Yeah, nobody wanted to go to Minnesota in December. Rashad was interesting character. He played uh, wide receiver in high school. And then when he got to Oregon, he played running back in 71. He played with Dan Fouts, Ted. Oh, did he? Yeah, he was on the same backfield. Well, back, he was running back. Dan Fouts was a quarterback at Oregon. But he played with the great Dan Fouts at Oregon. And he was, I did not know this. Uh, I didn't know he was the fourth overall selection in the 72 draft. Was he really? I didn't know he was that high. Um, <laughs> I didn't know he was the fourth overall pick by the St. Louis Cardinals in 1972. Only lasted a couple of years in St. Louis, traded to Buffalo in 1974, played one season in Buffalo, and then hurt his knee, missed the whole 75 season. So he's out for that season. And then he signed with the expansion Seattle Seahawks. They entered the league in 1976. Mm-hmm. And that was their initial expansion year. And Ahmad Rashad's had signed to play there before he played one game there, he was traded to the Vikings. And you think about it, think about 1976 when Ahmad Rashad came to the Vikings and he spent 76 to 82 making some fantastic catches. But you think about, he got here and then we got Sammy white the same year who was rookie of the year in 76. So Fran Tarkenton went from, I mean, he had some good receivers. He had John Gilliam and Bob, Bob Grimm, but it really took off. And Jim Lash, right, Jim Lash. But in 76, he got Rashad and Sammy White at the same time. That's a pretty huge upgrade. It is. And th- the best way to explain Ahmad Rashad and Sammy White, for those of you who didn't have the pleasure to see him live or, or when you were growing up or whatever, they were kind of, a, and, I, and I hate to say poor man's version of, because they were very good players in their own right. Mm-hmm. But they were kind of the poor man's version of Randy Moss and Chris Carter. You had Sammy White who was the speed guy, the deep threat, the guy that stretched the defense. And then you had Rashad, who was more of the possession receiver, at least with with White under the Bud Grant and and Tarkton offenses. Because Rashad really didn't put up a whole really big numbers until after Fran Tarkton retired. He he was a 
six, 700, 800 yard guy for those first few years. And he was, you know, like you always remember Chris Carter making those you know, catches on the sideline, getting out of bounds, moving the chains. I, that's how I remember those two guys. Am I off on that? Or is that no, is that accurate? you're a hundred percent completely accurate. Uh, the most passes I think he caught for the Vikings was 80. I think in 1979, he caught 80. And that was when uh, Tommy Kramer was the quarterback. Only at 80, uh, 80 catches was the most he had for one season, but he was the possession guy. Yeah, like you said, you said it perfectly. Sammy White was the deep threat they had to worry about. And I remember Rashad being the big, the guy that caught everything before Chris Carter got here. He yeah. was, he made some just insane catches. And of course he made the miracle at the Met. We'll never forget that. He caught that deflection, but he caught a pass in Lambeau one day, Ted. And I think it was a game we tied. I think it was a 10-10 game or something, but he jumped up like 10 feet in the air and then had to reach down like two inches off the ground to grab this catch. It was just something that was so weird looking. He, he caught everything. And it was always so nonchalant. The guy knew how to run routes. And more importantly, he knew how to mess with a cornerback. He knew how to get the corners out of position. Just a really smart receiver. Wasn't, wasn't a blazing, scorching speed. Wasn't really quick off the snap. But what he was was he was smart and he knew how to get to the open zone. Made that game against the Eagles. He caught that game-winning pass in that Eagles game in like 75, I think it was. But yep. I don't know of another player that only spent seven seasons here that made a bigger impact. No, he, he really, for, for a guy that didn't have a uh, longevity as part of his career, he, he made the most of his time here. I mean, he, he, played, he played in Super Bowl XI. A lot of, and a lot of people forget the week before, you know, the Vikings weren't even going to be in position to win the division had they lost the week before that Cleveland game. It was a late season game in Tampa Bay. I, I'm trying to remember his, his dad was sick or had just passed away like a few days prior. So he either went to visit his father in, in intensive care and then came down to, to Tampa Bay and, and had a really great game, caught some huge passes from Tommy Kramer and the Vikings won that game and kept their playoff hopes alive. And that led into next week for the Met Stadium Miracle. And he caught it before that Met Stadium Miracle. He caught a touchdown pass with just under two minutes to go. You talk about being able to get open and and, and make a cornerback look like a fool. He was standing, it's like a 25 or 30 yard touchdown pass. And there wasn't a Cleveland Browns defender within 10 yards of him. He was that wide open. <laughs> Man, that's a good share. I never knew about the Tampa Bay thing. You said he missed, missed the entire 75 season for a knee injury. I don't remember him being hurt a substantial amount for the Vikings. He just always seemed to answer the bell and always was, was making plays. A guy you could always rely on for the Vikings. Just a great player all the way. Always, around. always rely on him for the Vikings. He was uh, 98 games, 400 catches for the Vikings, caught 495 for his career, had 5,400 yards and 34 touchdowns for Minnesota, ended his career with 44 touchdowns total, caught 10 more in other places. Got a couple tasty tidbits to lead out with uh, Madrashad tonight. Ahmad Rashad is one of, I think, the only player in NFL history who replaced the same player twice on two different teams. Really? When he got drafted by St. Louis, they had John Gilliam. He replaced no John Gilliam. In no 70, way. When he got drafted in 72, he replaced John Gilliam, right? Mm-hmm. When he came to Minnesota in 76, after everything I explained earlier, when he got to Minnesota in 76, guess who he replaced? John Gilliam, because John Gilliam and Jim Lash were the receivers in 1975. You replaced that's, the same guy on two different teams. I've never heard of that happening. That's wild. That is wild. That is hey, wild. That... What about Teddy in that Jets quarterback? Oh, yeah, that's right. Tootsies! Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
I thought Tits was sucked when we did the show. Yeah. Tits is, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's right. That's, now when I mentioned, I don't mention never happening. Tits just throws that out there with Teddy replaced with Sam Darnold. Replacing Teddy. So we've got <laughs> two Vikings connections for this. This is pretty wild. Oh, that is excellent job, Tootsis. Also, Amar Deshaun has the longest reception in NFL history. When he was a rookie in 72 with the St. Louis Cardinals, mm-hmm. the longest reception in NFL history that was not a touchdown. 98 yards. How the hell is that possible? <laughs> we got to find that play. We, we got to find that. It's yeah. got to be in the archives somewhere. We'll try to dig that up for folks. But yeah, he had 98-yard reception. Without, wow. without scoring. And that today, that's still a record, I do believe. I'll check with Tony Bell. But I wow. think that is still a record. Four-time Pro Bowler. You know what? The guy never missed a pass. No, I can't remember. He didn't. I think he had less misses than he had marriages. He's on five marriages. I really only think he missed four passes when he was. Jeez. That's a shot across the bow. I thought he was still married to that, that Cosby lady. Felicia Rashad? I you thought know, they were still married. That was like three wives ago, bro. Do you remember he proposed to her live on TV? I don't remember. He did? Yeah, he did. And he was all nervous. And, and somebody, <laughs> he was like sweating. And somebody gave him a Kleenex. And he tried to wipe his face off. And like a piece of Kleenex got stuck on his face. Felicia, would you marry me? Would you get back to me, Bobby, on that answer? On live TV. It was hysterical. That's a true story. I remember that like it happened yesterday. I never saw that. I never knew that. Yeah. And I thought he was still married to her. I did too. Oh, well. All right. So, Ahmad Rashad, Vikings great, number 28. So, moving along. So, we're talking about the Vikings and training camp, and we just talked to Ahmad Rashad. Wide receivers are a big part of Minnesota Vikings training camp. A few days ago, Justin Jefferson had an injury scare. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Uh, He landed hard on his shoulder. Bashad Breeland, it was just a routine play, and it it looked bad for a little bit, but it just turns out to be, thankfully, just a sprained AC joint. Very minor injury. He will be good to go for the regular season. It's no big deal. Oh! I would not expect to see him tonight against the, the Denver Broncos, if at all, this preseason, just to make sure his, his shoulder gets healthy. But he's okay. Mike Zimmer did not say it was a tweak. I mean, and to, to Zimmer's credit, he's, he's kind of oh. using that as a joke when he's talking press conferences. So he's kind of lighting it up on that. When the reports started coming through, I'll be honest, I pooped a little. Here, we have to leave now. Well, no, can we stay a couple more minutes? Dude, no, this is serious. I just sharted. It, it, was, it did not look good. No, it didn't it look good. Didn't it, it looked worse than your underwear, probably. <laughs> That's disgusting. I think I have him laying around here somewhere. Yeah, um, that was scary. That was scary, bro. We don't we don't need that guy getting hurt. No injuries. But we'll talk we'll talk more about our game preview here in a bit. But we we have been hitting on this for the entire offseason. And that's wide receiver depth. Now, on the flip side of the bad news of Justin Jefferson. We've had some good reports from some players coming out of camp, namely K.J. Osborne, a guy we were both really, really down on at the end of the season. He looks to have have done a complete 180 and has been running with the first-team offense since Jefferson's been out. Thielen's been wide receiver one. Osborne's been wide receiver two. Do you feel any better about the bench depth behind Jefferson and Thielen with the report on K.J. Osborne and, to a lesser extent, even Dan Chisina, who's who's – 
had some some good moments in camp. I do feel a little bit better about it, with especially with Dede Westbrook, because I kind of know what to expect with him. And he's he lit it up a lot in college, like I did a lot did a lot of draft research on him. I know what he's capable of. Mm-hmm. I felt really good about. It. I felt good after that signing, but it can only be good news if Osborne's making you know making waves there too. I still don't feel completely settled with it after the first two, after JJ and Thielen. But I, I do feel better. At least the whole thing won't swirl down the crapper if they go out. Yeah. I mean, Marset better get something together. I mean, I think Zimmer said something about Marset. Speaking of Amir Smith, Marset, a guy, now again, a guy we were both pretty high on once he got drafted and you've done your game you your draft review and, and we hit on him a couple times this offseason. Now, Courtney Cronin put out uh, on one of her training camp notes this week. She said, Mike Zimmer said, if Amir Smith-Marset wants to make the team, special teams are part of his quote-unquote job description, while also noting he has a lot of work to do in that area. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying he's on the bubble, but it sounds like he is on the bubble. Talk about me shooting a shot across the bow with Rashad's marriages. That's kind of a shot across the bow, isn't it? He has. He didn't run back one punt in Iowa, so he can't be talking about punt returns. He did a no, lot of kick, kickoff kick returns. returns. Yeah, he's, he's a very good kick returner, but I don't know. I don't, how do you take that comment, Ted? I mean, well, you know how I take it. I take it as Chad Beebe has the inside track to oh. the fifty-three man roster. And I don't know about you. You ever see the movie The Exorcist, my friend? <laughs> did you? Quite a few you, times, Ted. Okay, so, you're not my mother. So. I'm thinking, I'm thinking like Vikings fans are like Father Merritt, <laughs> and Chad Beebe has possessed the body of the Minnesota Vikings, and we're like, the power of Moss compels you. The power of Moss compels you, and we're trying to get him out of here, and he won't leave. And he's twisted his head around 360 degrees and elevating off the trainer's bench when he breaks his leg. We can't get rid of the guy. <laughs> Oh my Why? God. Why is Chad Beebe on this team? Baby, why you do this to me, baby? You're not my mother. Oh, Jesus. That's I don't get it. I don't get how Chad oh, Beebe is such a fixture on this team. I don't get it. <laughs> I just don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> what exactly don't you get? I, I still don't get it. Oh, man. I broke a rib. <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. He's there. And the guy hasn't what, played more than three games in a row without getting hurt. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with that guy. I, I have no idea. I, in all seriousness, I, I, would, I would think <laughs> at, at this point, <laughs> at this point, BB's like a known quantity. I mean, he... I don't think he has a high ceiling. He, I mean, he's, he is who he is. The guys that you know of already that aren't making your team better, why keep them? Tr- bring in players that, that potentially can make your team better. And it, it just seems like a guy like Amir Smith-Marset, although he's a rookie and doesn't have experience, has the potential to make your team better, where, where they're just kind of treading water with beat. Marset has the ability to score when he touches it. That alone, that, that's all I have to say about that. He's explosive. Some guys can take it to the house. So can, so can Wang Chung. He's explosive and speedy. 
But Marset, the guy that can have an explosive play and take and score touchdowns when he touches the ball on a slant pattern, to me, that's that's the guy you want to send in rather than just some guy that's limited. Yeah. I don't get it. I, I don't either. And then unless he's it, dropping passes right and left. I mean, BB will catch it. BB will no, catch it, the eight-yard pass. Maybe Marset's dropping them. And that and that's the thing that that really has me puzzled with. Smith Marset. Zimmer said he's doing very well as a receiver, but he needs to step up as a special teams guy. And I, I, I just find it almost impossible to believe that a, a wide receiver that you drafted who's performing well as a wide receiver I, I, you know, is a mark against him. I, I just it kickoffs are getting they're not kickoffs aren't even part of the game anymore, Ted. How could he be saying he has to step up special teams? Eight of the ten kickoffs are touchbacks. Thank you. What does he want him to do? What? If if that is the reason he does not make the final fifty three over Chad Beebe, I'm not <laughs> going to know how to rationally comprehend that in my head. You've got to be kidding. I just oh. it just irritates. It just frustrates me. Anyways, so that's that's kind of where we sit. I mean, it, it sounds like Amir Smith Marset is in danger of not making the roster. And I, I, I'm still not sure how to digest that news, to be quite honest. Oh, we got to get through the whole preseason and, and uh, see what he could do during the preseason. But, you know, you don't, you'd rather not have the coach say anything about you than bring up your name. Especially you wanna, if you're a rookie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly right. You want to hang out kind of under the radar and let your game speak for itself. But, you know, just like everything else, we got 30, what, 30? 29 days today, 29 days from today, we kick off against Cincinnati, 29 days, Ted Glover. It's kind of like, it's kind of like being basic, being in basic training. If the drill sergeant knows who you are, brother, you're, you're going to, you're in for a rough few days. You know, in the movies, like officers and gentlemen, when they have them lined up or stripes, you know, and a guy gets in your face, is that what Mm -hmm. they do? Yeah. You little scumbag. I got your name. I got your ass. I I don't know about now. It's. It's all touchy feely now. I, I I don't know. Did they do that basic. to you when you were in basic? Yeah, when I was going through Warren Officer School, Warren Officer Candidate School, we uh we were moving all our crap from one of the barracks to another, and and so you got like we had you had like seventy five pounds of crap in your duffel bag, in your rucksack, and you're carrying it. You just look like a dope, and crap's falling out, and nothing can fall out, or you're gonna get yelled at, and this crap's just falling out of everything, and and it, you know, the attack officers, drill sergeants come up yelling, and they're this far from your face. And they get down and do and make you do push-ups, and you're doing push-ups, and they're like, they're like right. I mean, they're literally really. Right. Oh, and like, you, all you gotta do is just say, "I quit." Come on, no just way. Say, I, I quit. If you quit, you can stop all this. You don't have to do any more push-ups. You can come have a nice cup of coffee with me. Maybe get you a sandwich. Come on, just, just quit. Just say, "I." Quit. You know, all these other boys and girls are better than you. Are. Isn't that right, man? Huh? Isn't that right? No, sir. No, sir. Oh, it's, I hated it. Really? I wasn't gonna quit. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was like it was like uh, Sergeant Carter, old Frank Sutton. Oh yeah, it was bad. It was, uh, I, I mean, but uh, you know, whatever. Thing is, we we get all caught up in in what Mike Zimmer says and what we think the final fifty three is going to be, and we forget that there has yet to be a preseason snap played, and a lot of things can change. Sure. Over the course, sure. especially for guys like Amir Smith Marset, these these guys that late mid to late round draft picks that are fighting for a roster spot. If you show out in games, that generally helps you. And I think a guy like him, his stock will rise if he performs well on the field. That's well said. That's well said. Anyway, so wide receiver, kind of a kind of a big news this week. Another one, 
Hey, hey, hold on. Oh, yeah, Bef- go ahead. Before you get going, I wanted to let you know our last live show, which was two Wednesdays ago, August 4th, mm-hmm. that was ended up being our second most viewed Vikings Report show. Really? So, That's kapow! awesome. Bam! Kapow! We get more views than Skip Bayless. We probably Sorry. don't. We probably need don't. to drive that off. I just got a breaking news thing. I wanted to throw that out there. Tonight, we're specifically talking about offensive guard. Throughout camp, uh, it started off as a three-man battle between Ole Udo, Dakota Dozier, and Drew Samia. It seems like Samia has been lapped, and it's down to Udo <laughs> and D- Dakota Dozier for the starting right guard job. We'll talk about Wyatt Davis in a minute. By all accounts, Udo has a clear lead over Dakota Dozier. Okay. So, so right now, your your guards on the Minnesota Vikings are Ezra Cleveland, who is the presumptive. I mean, he's going to start at left guard. Wyatt Davis, rookie third-round pick out of Ohio State. Dakota Dozier, Kyle Hinton, Drew Samia, Zach Bailey, and Mason Cole, the player they traded for from the Cardinals in the offseason for, I think it was a sixth or a seventh-round pick, whatever it was. It looks like the, the Vikings – First team offensive line so far has been Rashad Hill, left tackle, Ezra Cleveland, left guard, Garrett Bradbury, either Udo or Dozier, and then Brian O'Neill. What are your thoughts on Ole Udo? Do you do you think he's going to be okay? I mean, he's just speaking of guys that are getting good reports out of training camp, he's one of them. If he is good enough to earn the starting right guard position, then let him earn it. Let him play it. I mean, that's what it's all about coming to camp and so you can earn the spot. I mean, he's, he was that, wasn't that the guy from Elon? Yeah. Udo was from Elon. Yeah. And he was a huge, huge man to begin with, but he was huge on the developmental. It's going to take a couple seasons. Maybe he's rounding into form. Everybody, you know, you can't really say what's going on with Wyatt Davis could be the right guard, but if Udo is, has earned it, then he should get the nod there. I mean, the best guy should play regardless of what I think or what anybody thinks. I mean, it's good to have a little bit of depth at guard, but uh, I, agree. I don't know. I don't know how many we keep at guard, but let, that's one of the positions on an NFL team, Ted, where none of the teams have, you know, nobody has real quality guards. They don't, they don't, they don't invest a lot into that position. You got your two good starters and then, you know, you got defensive end and corner and stuff like that is where you're going to invest on the higher quality backups. I don't think any team has real high quality guard play at back backup players and i might be wrong but after the starters they're just bodies there so so if udo makes it that means we got wyatt davis at least we got some options is what i'm saying good options good players but but if your if your competition for right guard is (laughs) drew samia and dakota dozier got a point have you really earned anything i mean you have i'm not saying you haven't but no no, that's a really competition has the competition has been as difficult as it should have been i mean it you know that commercial with you know who, who are you going to pick for your 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 pickup game and it's a bunch of kids and the one kid picks charles barkley i'll take barkley yes i still got it i told you she picked me first <laughs> i mean there's no it's a bunch of, there's no there's no, no that, that, i don't know that's a, that's a good point if, you know it, it, if the guys you're beating out to get the position suck that means you should you're just a little bit better than sucking i mean yeah I was more I, thinking I about know. if he beats out Wyatt Davis, because I know what Davis brings. I know what that guy's all about when he's healthy. So 
let's talk about Wyatt Davis because you and I penciled him in as a day one starter when, when he did. got drafted. I did. Um, from from Courtney, and by the way, I got that that first that first bit of info about Amir Smith Marset from Courtney Cronin from her her training camp notes. This also is from ESPN Vikings beat reporter Courtney Cronin as well. Regarding Wyatt Davis, so far he has done nothing but take third team reps. And she says he still has a ways to go before he is in the mix. What is the problem? Well, he was hurt. He had tweaked his ankle or something. And because you remember he was doing reps at center and that was just a, a thing because the other centers were hurt and couldn't even do that. So they had Davis off on the sideline doing that, and he couldn't participate in drills and, and the practice itself. But now he's off that duty and is and apparently I, I, I presume they just have him working with the third team to get him sort of back in training camp shape, just to get him used to doing the reps and running the plays. And as he progresses, hopefully he will move up into the mix. But so far, and we'll talk about Christian Derrissaw later, not not in this show. It's been a disappointing camp for, for Davis and Derisaw. Would you agree or disagree? We have all these high hopes when the draft came out. We got, you know, and then now it just seems like they're like nicked up and damaged goods. I mean, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to think that you know, just, just starting their careers. And like I said, I don't want to go out there talking about Derisaw because there might be bigger problems with him. We don't know, but I, I certainly hope Davis can get through this and I know he'll be the starting right guard, but to this point, if anything, the eyebrows got to be raised a little bit on on feeling like secure that these guys are going to be starting week one on the offensive line. I said it all along. You need to get reps in with the guy next to you or it's a disaster. Now, Cronin did say has a ways to go before he's in the mix. So if there's if there's a silver lining to this again, game one tonight, I would assume he's going to get some playing time, assuming he's healthy and like Smith-Marset. You know that all everybody in the NFL says put it on tape. So if you put it on tape, it it may start getting him more in the mix, get a few reps with the ones, maybe play well and earn a few more, and maybe by the by the beginning of the season he'll he'll be competing for that starting job. But right now it just doesn't look like it. And and we think eventually he'll be the starter, and and that's just based on his college career. And you've got you've got some tape on him from college. And I I watched I think every game he played because he played at Ohio State, and I, I just thought he was a phenomenal player. I'm feeling great. I, I Honestly, I feel so blessed to be a part of this organization. And, you know, I'm just excited and can't can't wait to get to work. I just feel like the reason why I was even – I have this opportunity to even have been an All-American is just because of the work ethic that goes into Ohio State. Draft researched 295 players, and I found three that were flawless on, my, on the tape that I saw. Spicoli, Lawrence, I mean, he doesn't do anything bad. He's a really good player. Jamar Chase, the wide receiver for LSU, flawless game. Going to be a great wide receiver. And Wyatt Davis, I couldn't find anything wrong with his game. I had, I actually, he was number one guard on my big board. And I think besides Jeremiah Owosu Koromoa, the uh, linebacker the Browns took in the second round, I, that's probably the best steal in the draft. I think Davis was the second best steal in the draft, talent wise. That guy balls people, Ted. He's a tremendous he player. He's just, first off, it's hard to watch the tape in those uniforms. Those are Buckeye uniforms, but I get through it. I appreciate I mean, that. It's tough to watch because I cannot stand those uniforms. I can't. Well, are the best uniforms in college football, but that's another discussion oh, for another day. Wait a minute. No, the Hall of Fame's this week, right? I see there's two Michigan guys there. Are there? 
Hutchison and Charles Woodson. Tunsis, how many Ohio State guys are on this list? Huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They played against Penn State. And Penn State had the number one rush defense in the country. They made it known to everybody, too. There's banners hanging all over the stadium. Nobody rushes on us. Buckeyes went out and rushed for 229 that day. And I bet you 190 of them were in the hip pocket of Wyatt Davis. It was amazing, dude. That guy was destroying. Wyatt Davis destroys people. I've seen the speed and quickness, the lateral movement, the first punch. He is a man. He's a good player. The only thing holding him back was the injury. If, if he's healthy and he can't make the starting lineup, we got a big problem on our hands. And see, that was big my thing. problem. Big I, problem. I think right now he hurt his knee at some point in the season, and then he re-injured it in the national championship game against Alabama. So he wasn't 100% healthy when the season ended, and, and he did not have surgery. He just rested his knee. It, it got better. But then I think he tweaked his ankle. So he's been dealing with – Nothing serious, just enough to keep him from getting a bunch of reps. And for a rookie, you know, we all know how important those that first training camp is. Come in, be healthy, and get to work. And and Davis really hasn't had that opportunity either, the OTAs, the mini camps, or training camps. So if he can even get in the mix to talk about being a starter, which I still think he can. I mean, there's, there's a lot of time left in training camp. It's right. dwindling fast, but there is time. And if he can get healthy and, and, and stay healthy and get to practice and do all the reps and do everything he needs to do, I, I still think he has a shot because, like you mentioned, he is a really, really good football player. Oh, my God, dude. He, and another thing, by all accounts, you read what the coaches say and different guys who do different draft reports like Joe Marino over at the Draft Network, the ability to be a quick learner in combination with he wants to be the captain of any line he's in. Why Davis wants to take over things and he wants to, you know, you know, one of those kind of get behind me, we're going to kick some ass type of attitude. I think that that's what he is. That's what he's about. Mm-hmm. And I think being, he's a quick learner can pick up schemes really well. I think we both agree. There's, he's a very talented player. He just needs to get healthy, get reps, and then just get in the mix and just let the chips fall where they may. He had to earn his way too. As you know, he was behind yes. what Michael Jordan and Jonah yes. Jackson. Was he, he was, one? Yes. He was on Jonah Jackson also. He was. So he had to work through the the good players there at Ohio State to to get where he had to go to earn a spot. So he did, and and his play his play reflected. He was uh, 2019 first team All American, 2020 unanimous first team All American. And in that national championship game when he got when he got hurt, I think it was a national championship game. It was. If you go back sure. and watch that tape until he got hurt, he was owning Christian Barmore, and we know Barmore was a high pick coming into this draft. He was yeah. he was doing really well against him. So. It's unfortunate he got hurt in that game, but Barmore was having a whole lot of problems with Mr. Quiet Wyatt Davis. I'm obviously, I'm still, I'm always going to be an Ohio State homer. I'm going to speak highly of Ohio State guys. I think he still has a chance to start, but whether he does or not will be, be very dependent upon how well he plays in the preseason. And Drew Bunting, it's time for our first game preview of the year. <laughs> Dude, we're nationwide. Right. We're coming back and we're nationwide, baby. So for, throughout the regular season, now when we get to the regular season, our show format's going to change a little bit. We're, we're going to focus a lot more on the, the Vikings news in the upcoming game preview. And we've got, we've got a really cool tribute that we're going to roll out every week. And I, I, 
I don't think we want to announce it now. We'll do it for week one. It's we're real. We're both really fired up about it. And I, I we hope you guys like it. it. It's a, it's a tribute to the, the pregame shows we used to watch when we were kids. We really liked it. It's one of the things that, that drew <laughs> when, when he was pitching the idea for the show to me, he said, Hey, what do you think about this? And man, I loved it right away. So anyways, we're not going to roll that out because it's the preseason and, and preseason games. If you followed football for more than a day, are not regular season games. Hey, it's still football. And it's, you know, if you're watching this show, it's sometime between 10 and 11 on a Saturday morning, 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3. So you got under five hours before the Vikings game comes on. So let me ask you, Drew, when, when you watch football for the preseason, especially the first game, how do you look at the very first preseason game of the year for your team, for your fight in Minnesota Vikings? First off, I look with my eyes. That's the okay. best way to do it. So, I use my, I yeah. use my, <laughs> first preseason game i'm always like i'm very excited just to see the team play that we've been waiting since february or january to watch play again just the first thing i always say is no injuries that's the first thing i say before we start before the kickoff i always look to the sky and say please no injuries yes because uh, that's what that's that's all you want to do basically to get through these games just to not have injuries and not just look like total knuckleheads out there like jumping off sides and false starts and looking out of place and guys missing coverages by 30 yards. You don't want any of that, but you certainly, you don't want it guys getting hurt. And that's the right. one thing that that's my main thing throughout the whole preseason and training camp is just stay healthy. I am excited to see this O-line come together and the D-line, all the new positions. we got so many new guys. None of the regulars are going to play. I don't think any of the starters should be playing at all. I thought I saw Zim say maybe a series. I don't know, but yeah, I, I think it's the second preseason game that we'll see most of your regular season starters. And, and so, and that kind of goes to the schedule, which is now weird. You know, it used to be a fairly set pattern for teams that in the first preseason game, the starters would play a, a series or two. They'd play maybe a little bit more into the second quarter in the second game, the third game, they'd play the first half. And then the fourth game, it was all the guys fighting for a roster spot. You, you don't have that now. You've only got the three preseason games. So Mike Zimmer said, he's still kind of, trying to figure out how he's going to adjust playing time and all that. But yeah, I don't, I don't expect the starter to, to see much action at all. All these guys have been talking about since late April, when we did this draft, Ted, and we've been taking one at a time every week, where if you watch the show, you kind of figured out we started from the last pick and moving backwards towards the number one pick. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm excited to say Janarius Robinson play, man. I am. And Patrick Jones and Marset. I want to see these draft picks and what these guys can do. I really do. I'm really excited about it, man. Football tonight. Tonight we yeah. got a football game to watch. This afternoon. This afternoon. Well, like lunchtime for you or early afternoon. Like what do you do for the game? Time if I played in California. You, you get yourself some beer and barbecue. What are you doing tonight? What, what's... Like you for the very first preseason game. I'm. I am absolutely looking for no injuries. You know, you, I, you can't win the Super Bowl by playing your first preseason game, but you get your starting quarterback hurting out for the year or one of your yeah. key players, man, it, it really puts a damper on your season. So yeah, get out of the game injury free for me. I'm, I'm kind of interested in the backup quarterback battle. I, you know, we had, was it Kirk cousins, Kellen Mond and um, Nate Stanley that had to miss an entire week's worth, worth of practice. And it was Jake Browning's chance to step up. Is Kellen Mond going to have a chance to win the quarterback two job or is it pretty much Jake Browning's to lose I think it's Jake Browning's to lose but he's kind of struggled since that Saturday night practice like you also the offensive line and the new guys do you happen to know the quarterback situation who's going to be available for for tonight 
Uh, I know Browning's going to play. Mont's not going to play, is he? Which sucks. I wanted. To I don't play. think so. I think it's Browning, Cousins, and and Etling. I but I, I'm not sure. Case Cookus is gone. gone. What's your favorite Case Cookus Vikings memory, Ted? <laughs> Boy, oh man, I would I would the way he walked out for practice that Monday afternoon <laughs> is going to stick in my head. I think forever. I say, man. <laughs> he was here an hour. I mean, come on, man. No, guys like Wang Chung, Cameron Bynum. I am. Drew is fired up to watch these guys play, man. I am. Do you care if they win or lose the game? No. I used to get really mad about it. And Ruby yeah. said, dude, it's practice game. Settle down. If the starters play a series or two, even if they don't look great, I'm not going to get too worked up over it. I, I remember a couple times. I, it was 2005. I remember this distinctly. The Vikings had traded Randy Moss. And Dante Culpepper had had that MVP-like season the year before. And in the preseason, the Vikings' first-team offense looked unstoppable. I mean, they I think they scored a touchdown on every single possession they were in. And Dante Culpepper says, I know this offense so well, I feel like a Jedi. Now, this was before I fully understood that the Jedi are the most overrated special operations force in galactic history that managed to get entire solar systems destroyed. So I was really fired up by that comment. And you come at me, Star Wars bros. I will argue this until the day I die. Holy the, the, Jesus, the Jedi, that's a lot of information, the man. The Jedi are the worst special operations force in galactic history. The dark Sith Lord is running the Senate, and we're right down the street, and we can't figure it out. Damn, I'm dude. On a tangent. I'm sorry. Holding so, target. Closing <laughs> target. Getting closer. So anyways, the Vikings are off like one and five or two and five, and they were horrible. Yeah. So I just want them to look okay, get out injury-free. And yeah, I'm. I want to watch the guys that that are fighting for roster spots. The, the guys you mentioned, Amir Smith, Marset. I'd like to see Kellen Mond play. I don't think he will, but I'll, I'm going to be excited to see him play later in the preseason, and just to see the overall attitude and personality of this team start to develop. Right, right. It's a, it seems like they've had a big facelift, and we want to see what the face looks like. Yeah, and uh, all. I mean, there isn't really an area of the team that isn't intriguing to watch. I mean, Chad Surratt, I'm so looking forward to watching yeah. that guy because I've done so much research on his tackling. The guy used to be a quarterback, and we're going to talk about him, I think, next is he our next pick. But is, what yeah. an amazing story he is. He's a tackling machine. He only learned how to do it a year ago or two years ago. Yeah. So he'll be out there. I mean, all these guys are going to be out there playing. I would have liked to see everybody wants to watch Kellen Mond. Um, I do too, but there's so many areas of interest, positionally speaking, on this team. Tonight's game is going to be really cool to watch. So this is how we'll do our preseason game formats. But when we get to the regular season, you want to tune in because it's going to be, we think it's going to be really cool and we hope you like it. Yeah. Um, so with that, we'll take a quick commercial break. We'll come back with trivia and we will wrap up the show. Hello, citizens. I'm taking a holiday from crime fighting in Gotham City. No rest from danger, though, because... All around us is that deadly, daily danger, traffic. I admire the way all you British children triumph over this danger by learning and using the road safety code, like curb drill. Before crossing the road, you stop at the curb, look right, look left, look right again, and then only if the road is clear, walk quickly across. Now, children, how does it go? At the curb, stop. Look right, look left, look right again. If all's clear, walk quickly across. 
Remember, be smart, be safe. Always do your curb drill. Welcome to Toonsis Trivia. How you doing? Good, Toonsis. How are you? Drew, how are you? Doing good, Toonsis. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) What? I feel like every time I start to talk, you're going to interrupt me. Come on. I I learned it's been, it's been, what, three weeks since we've done a studio show. I've worked on it. Okay. Today, we are And the one thing I want... (laughs) Even know what to do with that. You made it almost 30 seconds. That's what she said. <laughs> I didn't. I said. thought she was done. I thought she was. <laughs> Sorry, Tunes. No. Okay, go home. Okay, today we are just going to do some straight up trivia. You guys are going to be answering the questions together. We have a total of 29 points that you can get. All of the questions are going to be related to the Vikings and the Broncos in honor of tonight's <laughs> I can't even do this Oh, I'm guessing there's going to be a Teddy Bridgewater question since he's going to be Is he going to play tonight? Now Ted's doing the interrupting Is, is Teddy going to play tonight, Ted? Yes Okay, uh, ready? Yeah, professional <laughs> All right, this question comes from Ryan Johnson. Thank you, Ryan. Who scored the first ever touchdown for the Vikings against Denver, and what year was it? I don't even know what year they first played. 70, 70, 76, 78. I think the first game they played was that overtime game in Denver on Monday Night Football. That might be, that's what I'm thinking of. When Bud Grant got mad, maybe the only time he's gotten mad on the sideline. I don't remember that. What game. year was it, Tunsis? Do we have the year? The question is worth two points, one for each sub-question. It was in 1972. Uh, I'm going to say Stu Boyd. The answer is Bill Brown. I didn't want to guess that. was too obvious. Yeah. Boom, boom. Good okay. question, Ryan. That was a good question. Thanks, Rhino. All right. The next two questions come from Anthony Tollison. The first one is, in that game that we just referenced, who won and what was the score? Minnesota won. That is correct. They did win. I'm going to say 23 to 20. Dude, how in the heck did you know that? Yes. Yeah. That is the correct answer. Boom. (laughs) Ah. Anthony Tollison. The next one from Anthony is, who had the game-winning touchdown the last time we played Denver in 2019? Oh, that was the big Kirk comeback game. They were down 20, what was it? They were down 24-7, I think it was, at halftime, whatever. Wasn't it Diggs? They, he had that long bomb no that put them ahead? I thought the I thought the long bomb was what put him, got him back started on the comeback. That rollout pass when he hit Diggs deep? Or was that? Yeah, you're right. I would say you Diggs. I, that's, that's the only thing, the first thing that popped in my head. Okay, let's go with Diggs. The correct answer was Kyle Rudolph. <sighs> Darn it! All right. <laughs> Thank you, Anthony, for your questions. The Thanks, next Anthony. Question, next question comes from Tyler Forness. Tyler. Oh, no. All right. The Vikings played the Broncos in 96 and lost the game in the last minute, 21 to 17. 
On a third down late in the game, John Elway threw the game-winning touchdown pass that was almost intercepted three times. Who tipped the ball into the air? In 96. God, I was in Germany. I didn't see any of these games. I remember um, it getting tipped in the air, dude. Ed McDaniel? Uh, Henry Thomas? Oh, oh Drew, so close. I should give you half a point. Orlando Thomas. Orlando Thomas. Rest in peace, Orlando. Thanks, Tyler. Thank you, Tyler. At the real Forno. Yeah, let's give him a shout out. You talk about guys you know the draft. How yeah. about Tyler Fornas, man? Smart that, kid. That Very dude, smart that dude, dude you're a chance to listen to draft right up by Tyler Forno. The real Forno. Listen to him. He's pretty good. Just celebrated his first year anniversary, too, by the way. So happy anniversary. The next three questions are from me. The first one is a two part question How many times have the Vikings and Broncos played each other, and who leads the series? I'm pretty sure the Broncos lead the series, and it, it hasn't been but like 10 or 11 times, I think. I'm going to say like 17 times. Do we both agree that the Broncos lead the series? I'm going to say the Broncos lead the series. They've played 15 times, and the Vikings lead the series 8 to 7. No way! Yeah. I thought Ted <sighs> might get that, because that was uh, an article in the Daily Norseman a couple of years ago. Oh. Come on, Ted! You didn't write it, though. Come on. Oh. No, I didn't. Okay, this one is worth 10 points. Name five Vikings. So you get two points for each one you guess. Five Vikings that have been on the Broncos and the Vikings in the past 10 years. Holy cow. 2011. So, well, Teddy Bridgewater. Correct. Warren Jackson. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they just signed him. Yeah. There you go. Uh, okay, I'll accept that. Um, it must be guys going from the Vikings to the Broncos, because I can't remember a lot of Broncos coming here in the last 10 years. Can you? Ted, we had that quarterback we got like four years ago or three years ago. Heineke? It wasn't Heineke. It wasn't Heineke. It was another guy. Who is that guy? Everybody was talking about he was going to Kyle be- Sloter. There you go. That's one. That, that's one of them. Good job, Ted. Kyle Sloter. That's and, worth 50 points right and, there. And Peyton has signed a couple guys from the Vikings. Mm. Oh, who did he sign? Come on, two more. Two who, more. Did, who did the Broncos just sign, Ted? Well, Teddy was one of them. Was that yeah. Who, uh, he was signed. I'm trying to, yeah. He, he just signed, signed a guy like two months ago. He yeah. Was on the he signed a, a running he signed back. A oh, Boone. Oh, Boone. there you go. Mike Boone, that's it. There you go. All right, one more. Do you want me to just tell you that they are? I'm gonna yeah, then I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to be mad. Yeah, you are. Brett oh, Jones. Oh, my God. Brett Jones. <sighs> Sasquatch. Case, Case Lucas. <laughs> Case Keenum. Oh, duh. Jordan Taylor. Shamar Stefan. Todd Davis. And Trevor Simeon. Simeon. That's Simeon. what I was thinking of, Ted. Okay. I, but I'm glad you came up with Sloter because I wasn't going to come up with either of them. All right, oh. well. You guys have 10 points going into the last question, which is worth 10 points. So you can still get 20 points. But this one is from Tony Bell. That is why it's worth 10 points. Ready? When you hear questions from Tony Bell, it's like telling you the governor, (laughs) and and you need something desperately. It's like getting a phone call saying the governor denied your pardon. (laughs) Because the question from Tony Bell, y'all. It was a good run. All right, here we go. It's kind of a long question. 
In 1974, the Vikings opened the preseason against the Broncos in Denver. There was a situation going on at that time in the NFL that affected the game. What was it? Marijuana usage. Going on in the NFL that affected the game. I have no, I don't have any clue on that. 74, so... Gas shortage. Yeah, the World Football League. Oh, the World Football, yeah, go with that. The World Football the, League was taking players from the NFL. Yeah, let's go with that. That's not it. Oh, I thought you had it, Ted. Good guess, no. though. The NFLPA went on strike. No veteran players played in any NFL games that week. The Vikings-Bronco game was played by draft picks and free agents on all wow. teams in the NFL. Huh, I didn't know the NFLPA went on strike that early in their union history. Yep. You know, that's a great thing about Tony Bell. He never submits a question. He makes you learn from it, you know? Yeah. Thank you, I Tony Bell. And thank you guys for playing. We'll see you next week. Sorry, boys. The governor said no. Pull <laughs> <laughs> the switch. And again, oh, we've got a Cracker Jack game. No, <laughs> yeah, have it failed. Sorry. I, I want to watch a Viking game. I wish it was tonight, and I wish it was, was hanging out with you, man. You could do the play-by-play of a Viking game in that voice. Here I comes was... our Viking gridiron boy. <laughs> <laughs> Just fire it up for all this football. Oh, that is fantastic, dude. That is fantastic. <laughs> I love it. Toothless, thank are... you so much for the trivia. Thanks to everybody that gave us the questions. Oh, we'll try God. and do better the next time. That was pretty, pretty poor effort for us tonight there, Drewster. <laughs> That'll about do it for tonight's show. Again, thanks, Drew. Thanks, Ruby. Thanks, Liz, for all the editing that you guys do. Thanks to everybody that listens to and subscribes and, and rings the bell and watches and comments and sends us trivia questions and plays the over-under games and all the other competitions we've had in the past, and we're going to keep doing. Uh, you guys just make this show just a tremendous amount of fun. And uh, uh, football, we get actual football being played in just a few hours. Yeah! That's now until, until January, and then February through the Super Bowl, which we hope the Vikings will be playing in. Uh, I'll try to do better the next time Drew take us home. I want to say thank you for Dan Lee for throwing out the Batman Batman show. It was fun doing, doing talking a little bit about Batman tonight. Thanks for all the people who watch, and, and I can't thank you enough for the for the support you give us for the show. I mean, the, you know, all the comments and the ideas for the show, and coming up with maybe our our show name, and that's that's really tremendous stuff. I wanted I wanted to say a shout out to somebody we lost, uh, Marky Post, the Christine Sullivan from Night Court who passed away, who I had the pleasure of partying with a couple times. And <laughs> what a tremendous lady she was. So funny, just a great sense of humor and a really, really great person. And she passed away last week. And uh, I just want to say rest in peace to my friend, Marky. And <clears throat> thanks to everybody for showing up tonight. Ted, always keeping me rolling. Toots is always keeping the show rolling. Sorry, I interrupted you for the 14th episode in a row. We will try to do better the next time. So that's all we got for today. So, Ted, say goodnight, Ted. Good night, Ted.